1: Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, listeners, I'm going to be inviting a guest on who is a unique, special guest. Her name is LJ Johnson. And we're going to be talking about something completely different. And it's going to be how to naturally balance your hormones. So welcome, LJ. Thank you. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you so much for coming on. And I know this is a a topic that many women um you know are interested in and how to naturally balance your hormones is something even more i think we're getting uh interested in these days because i think we're quite conscious of you know taking too many drugs too many prescriptions um that aren't actually you know uh naturally balancing our hormones so i'm, I'm really excited to actually talk to you today around that specific thing
2: absolutely yes i i definitely want to delve in i am dr lj johnson the holistic endo expert i specialize in everything hormones and endometriosis i know some of you hear endometriosis and you're like supercala, what is that i know <laughs> endometriosis so endo for short that is my specialty along with hormones it took me 16 years to be properly diagnosed with endometriosis um so that was 16 years of having hormone issues having a lot of drama and illness in my body, 16 years of doctors not believing me, chasing a diagnosis, feeling very defeated. And at the end of the day, essentially hiding in plain sight, you know, I'd be out there, I'd be trying to live my life, but secretly, you know, in pain on the bathroom floor all the time. Like it was definitely a journey. So after 16 years got properly diagnosed at that time, I really just took my health and wealth into my own hands. And just like you said, realized that I couldn't just live on pharmaceuticals. I just couldn't do a pill for every ill. I really had to start getting down to some of the root causes of my symptoms. And so that is when I shifted my entire practice and really began to retrain myself in holistic functional medicine, which is what gave me my life back, which is the stuff I want to share with you today. I know when people hear doctor, they're just like, oh my gosh, here comes a bunch of medical jargon. I'm not that girl. I am going to give you actual things that you can walk away from and be like, okay, these are things I can do today to naturally balance my hormones. These are things that I can do that impact my hormones. And I didn't even know I could do them. So don't no worry. We're not going to bog you down with all the jargon. We're going to walk away with some actual tips and tricks so that you can start living your best life, right? So that you can have the energy. You can have, you know, the goals and just the things that you want and desire, but we're going to help you get your health there so that you can achieve those. That's excellent. I love what you're saying. And um, I'm really, really
1: going to be interested in this myself, you know, because this is going to be a learning curve for me, because I know obviously different stages during our lives, our hormones are going to change. So what typically is the most common thing that you get as a problem that's hormone related?
2: When it comes to hormones, I think the biggest thing is, as far as, I guess, females or anyone with a uterus, let's be honest, nobody thinks of their hormones until you've got a period cramp, until you put some weight on, until your hair starts falling out, or you start growing hair all over your body besides on your head, right? It's growing on your face, your chin, your boobs. You're just like, what's going on? And we naturally blame our hormones. Like anytime something goes wrong, we demonize our hormones. And I really want to shine a light that your hormones are there to support you they are one of the foundational pieces like your gut health your sex hormones they are there to really keep everything in your matrix and your body going but what happens is is daily actions genetics the food that we eat the water that we drink you know all of these different things start to make an impact on our hormonal you know hormones and become these hormonal imbalances i hate to say that but yeah essentially these imbalances come so typically what happens is there's not a balance. We have estrogen, we have progesterone, there's testosterone, DHEA, there's all of these other ones, but I'm just gonna talk about the two heavy hitters, estrogen and progesterone. Now, estrogen, the way I like to describe it, that's kind of that go-go juice. That gives you that energy, that gives you those full hips, the energy to get your work done, To stay focused, we need that estrogen. Then we have progesterone. That's what I like to say. That's what keeps us hired, right? It calms down the sassy, it calms down that independence and that go go juice and balances us out. It helps you sleep at night, it helps you do all of these other functions. When we start to see an imbalance in the hormones, sometimes you'll see maybe too much estrogen. Then you'll see not enough progesterone. So let's kind of talk about what it looks like when you have too much estrogen. I like to call it that extra cushion for the push in all that extra weight that likes to come on your body between your boobs and your knees. Like all of a sudden your favorite workout, the salad and the protein shake and all the things you used to do to stay fit and keep the weight off. It doesn't work anymore. You're doing the Zumba classes, the jazzercise, the whatever it is. You're doing all the things and the weight is just coming on. One day you look down and you're like, I never had this belly. Where, where did this belly come from? Where, where, whose hips are these? <laughs> that is what we talk, you know, you're like, whose body is this? Who am I turning into? It's still you. But when you have estrogen dominance, you can have fibrocystic breast. Maybe it's painful to wear a bra. And I know some of this is like TMI for you guys, but I like to just throw it out there because this is real stuff. This is what we're really going through, right? You're yes. wearing a bra and it, you know, it feels tight. It's uncomfortable. You've got fibrocystic breasts. You've got lumps in your breast. You've got that extra belly fat. You're you're having hot sweats, right? Not just at night. You're waking up, you know, in a pool of sweat at night, but you're at the office right now with the fan on high and it's in the winter, in the fall, but you're on fire. Your body could catch on fire at any moment and have you sweating bullets. You're wearing all black because you never know when the hot flash is coming. That is estrogen dominance. It can also cause a lot of bloating, brain fog and other issues. Then we have progesterone, right? The one that we need, to keep us balanced. It helps you sleep. It helps calm your body. When you start getting low on progesterone, it's like you're sitting here, you're feeling amazing. And then 10 minutes later, a wave of anxiety comes out of nowhere. You don't know what's going on. You don't know where it's coming from. You get jittery, you get anxious, your mind starts racing. That's what it can look like to have low progesterone. You also may have a change in your sex drive, your libido. You also may have a change in just your motivation. Maybe you were that person at the job that I was always on time. You're very focused. You're doing everything you need to do, getting the raises, the promotions. And then all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're like, I don't even care anymore. I don't know why I don't care. I just don't have the drive anymore. So that's what it looks like with hormonal imbalances. And that's why I also described what it looks like physically and emotionally, right? Because it's not just the physical part. I think once again, like I said, when something goes wrong with our body, we demonize the hormones, but you have to understand when your hormones are shifting, it also impacts your mental health depression, it can even be seasonal depressive you know, affective disorder, all of these different things that come in when your hormones are imbalanced. And a lot of that is tied in with the foods that you eat, your nutrition, your exercise, but also your gut health. And for many of us, we've been on birth control, you know, maybe it was five years ago, 15 years ago, not demonizing birth control. I'm sure we all made the decision we did based upon what information we have. But Mm. now that more information has came out, we realize that Birth control and pharmaceuticals, even though they help with quality of life, maybe short term, they really do mess with your gut microbiome. So that's where all that extra bloating comes in. Or so all of a sudden you're like, gosh, I'm so gassy, but now I realize I'm gaining weight. That is all what we talk about when we say hormonal imbalances.
1: Wow. You know, I can so identify with some of the things that you've said, you know, at the different stages in my life as well, because I'm actually 63. So I've been through the menopause. And I was one of the lucky ones, I suppose. I didn't really suffer with any hot flashes or any real negative, um, I suppose, symptoms during that phase. But certainly I can relate to having hormone imbalances, which have affected my gut and um,
2: bloating and things like that. The main yeah. complaints I typically see are lack of energy, lots of GI issues. Those are the two main ones. All of a sudden, you're like, my bowels were super regular. And then you're like, oh. All- Now I'm constipated. You're like, I'm drinking all the water. I'm doing all the fiber. I'm doing all the things. And then that lack of energy, we're talking about you're living on coffee. Coffee is the only thing. And even the coffee, when I say the only thing, it doesn't really get you through. It just kind of pushes you ahead, but doesn't really give you that energy. So gut health and energy are the two main ones. Let's talk about the lack of energy. The best way I like to describe it is when you're having a hormonal imbalance, I want you to think of an old iPhone. I was just doing some storage clean out with my daughter and she pulled out like her old iPhone 6, right? We're on like 13 or 14 now, right? Think about me taking that iPhone 6 and charging it up. It may power on, it may not, but I definitely can bet you money, even if it charges, it's not going to make it through the whole day, right? The technology is so old, I wouldn't even be able to make a phone call. That's essentially your body when the hormones aren't balanced. It's like you're pulling out the old iPhone, right? Versus Mm -hmm. the new one. If you plugged it up right now, you could probably charge a new phone fully in 30 minutes. The battery will get you all the way through unless you're using a bunch of apps, right? So I like that analogy. So think of the old phone, think of the new phone, think of all the things you would have to do to keep that iPhone six charged. Even if you could, I mean, an iPhone six, You probably would have to keep it plugged up to the charger all day just to use it. You probably wouldn't even be able to unplug it. So think about when your hormones are imbalanced, you're having to plug in the caffeine, plug in the coffee, plug in all of these energy boosters, fat burners, pre-workouts, you know, we're doing all the things just to get a little bit of juice, but it still doesn't quite get us there. Once we have optimized hormones, you wake up in the morning, you're well-rested you're not overwhelmed. You're ready for your day. Your gut is moving. Your bowels are moving. You're able to eat your breakfast and not feel super bloated. You're able to get through your workday and you're focused. So when we think about the lack of energy versus energy, let's talk about some things that you can do. If you're like LJ, I think I'm the iPhone six. I think that's me. I'm waking up and I'm tired. I'm exhausted. What is the first thing that you can do to increase your energy? I know this is going to seem like an oxymoron, but get quality sleep. Now, I know it's easier said than done, but let's backpedal a little bit. What does quality sleep look like? For everyone, it's different. Sleep hygiene, a sleep routine, simple things that I'm going to list here, maybe five or six. I get carried away. I may give you 10, but here's some things you can do to get restful sleep. Number one, create a nighttime routine. That's going to include, even though you're listening to this podcast and it may be late at night, it's going to include backing off the electronics late at night you know, putting on your blue blocking glasses around six or seven, I put mine on around seven. Now, some people wear them all day. And I think that's amazing for me. They really just like put me in relaxation mode and create a lot of extra melatonin. So Mm -hmm. I put mine on in the evening, right? So you've got your nighttime routine. You can do things like blue blocking glasses, decrease the light on your screen. If you have to be on electronics, decrease the amount of electronics. Also find ways to put your body into rest and digest. That can be something as simple as going outside in the evening and watching the sunset, letting that light, not hiding inside behind the windows because it stops all the benefits, going outside and actually letting that light come through, getting those blue rays, yellow rays, orange rays, all of those rays into your body, letting your body know, hey, it's time to calm down. We are winding down. It lets your cortisol know, hey, this is not the time to get hyped up. For example, this is not the time at six or seven o'clock at night, depending on what you have going on. This is not when we're doing the deep cleaning of the home and different activities that get you hyped up. It's time to calm your body down. So when being able to transition that way physically will also help you transition that way mentally. Many times you lay in the bed and I know you're exhausted, right? You're, you're tired, but wired, but you're thinking about, I didn't do this. Oh my gosh, I forgot to pack the soccer clothes. I didn't email the teacher. Oh my goodness. You know, I didn't make appointments with my doctors. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. You have all of these other conflicts and things going on in your mind. If you can turn your mind off and start working on that earlier in the evening, it will allow you to be well rested, right? Making sure that you have balanced blood sugar having those good quality whole foods, quality whole fats before you're going to bed. Now, depends on if you have a blood sugar issue. I usually do not recommend that you have a super heavy meal before you go to bed because you want to make sure your body is able to digest that. But making sure that you have a light snack. You've had a good quality dinner. You've taken all your vitamins and supplements, whatever that is. You can also bring in melatonin. Now, what I will say is melatonin is amazing, but for some of you, you've been taking melatonin for years and you still can't sleep well. At that point, it's time for us to dig a little bit deeper because the lack of sleep and insomnia is really not the root cause. I'm going to say that again. The fact that you're not able to sleep at night, the fact that you're not well rested, that's not really the root cause. That's your body giving you a check engine light saying, Hey, something is not right. So if we can go back to those hormones and dig a little deeper, I do tons of testing and I love, love, love supplements, but I will test people and they will have these astronomical amounts of melatonin in their body. And they still can't sleep at night. We start digging into the hormones and you know what it was? You had too much estrogen. Melatonin is not going to combat too much estrogen, that extra cushion for the push. And that we talked about earlier, we've yeah. got to be able to go in and help optimize some other systems so that your body can process that estrogen and really let that progesterone come in so that you can relax. So getting that quality sleep is obviously going to give you more energy during the day. Another thing that I think that we do is we rely on caffeine nothing wrong with caffeine, but making sure that you're not relying on it for all of your energy. I think it's okay to bring it in for a small boost, kind of like you've got to recharge your phone during the day. I think that's great. But if your phone won't stay charged for more than 10 or 15 minutes without being plugged up to the wall, and I'm sorry, I just love analogies because it helps you guys make that connection. If you got to have that phone plugged up all day, yeah, maybe time for a new phone. Now we can't trade in our body, (laughs) but what we can do is trade in some of our daily activities. So making sure if you're bringing in that caffeine, that you're not relying on it. Also make sure you're hydrating. If you're bringing in 16 ounces of caffeine or coffee, you got to back it up with 32 ounces of water. I know, I know you're like, well, I'm going to have to run to the bathroom back and forth. You need to make sure that you replenish Because that caffeine is going to strip you of some of those electrolytes. Another little thing you can do, put a little pinch of Himalayan salt or sea salt in there. Pink salt or sea salt or if you have black salt. I've never tried it, but I heard it's really amazing for electrolytes. Put a pinch of salt in that water to make sure that your body is well hydrated. Other things you can do to have more energy, focus on that gut health, right? Focus on that digestive health making sure your bowels are moving on a regular basis. And I know when we have a lot of hormonal imbalances, we start packing on weight. So that's all we want to think about. How do I lose 10 pounds? How do I lose this belly? You know, how do I get back into those genes from five years ago? And I'm saying all this because you guys know good and well, it's true. Number one. And I used to think the same thing. <laughs> so that's how I know what you're thinking. Cause I used to be that person as well. But what you need to do is really start focusing on how to heal your body, how to nourish your body. And if you really and truly want to lose the weight, I want you to really think about this. When you're holding on to weight, I want you to grab onto this, write it down on a piece of paper, say it until you believe it, because it is true. When you're holding on to weight, you're essentially holding on to toxins, trauma, and inflammation. So it's not, I need to lose 10 pounds. I need to lose this baby weight. I needed this. I needed that. What you need to start saying is what can I do to release toxins, trauma, and inflammation? Because that is what's truly going to give you the biggest bang for your buck. If you need to lose 10 pounds, I'm telling you right now, if you decrease your inflammation, figure out what your trigger foods are, increase your hydration, make sure your bowels are moving. If you work on that, the whole 10 pound goal will just naturally come. But what happens is, is we get super hyper-focused on the symptom because we want it fixed like right now, yesterday and two months ago. And we're not going to wait another second because we are in this instant gratification society right now. But I'm telling you, yeah. But if you slow down and focus on that and focus on your gut health, that is what's going to help you naturally balance your hormones. Now, For some of you, that's going to be all that you need. And you're like, thank goodness, I'm going to listen to this podcast. I'm going to take all the notes, get the transcript, and you're good. Others, you're like, okay, I think I have a bigger issue. I am diagnosed with endometriosis. I have a diagnosis of PCOS, fibroids. I've got really heavy menstruation. You know, I'm going into menopause, and I'm having the hot flashes. I'm having the brain fog. I can't remember anything. I don't care about anything that's when we have to go a little deeper and do some functional testing and start testing rather than guessing. Just like I said, I do testing with people all the time and they are taking these huge amounts of melatonin and they're like, I can't sleep. I can't sleep. That's because your body was not deficient on melatonin. It needed other neurotransmitters. It needed vitamin B. It needed other things. So that's when we dig deeper for the testing. So I would say, start with all of those tips. I think I said, I was going to give you five I I may have given you 25, like you just got a whole word right here. So this is going to be a lot of great information. But if you've done all those things and you're like, Dr. LJ, that sounds all fine and great. I need to tweak a couple things. But then there's also you that are like, okay, I need to hop on a call. We need to dig deeper because maybe there's some testing that needs to be done. That way you can point yourself in the right direction because there's nothing worse than taking all the supplements, doing all the things. And then three years down the line, you're like, okay, I'm still gaining weight. I still don't have any energy. I'm still super bloated. My stomach hurts all the time. That can be so discouraging and defeating.
1: Is there ever a case for being uh, over reliant on supplements or taking the wrong supplements and vitamins that might be actually damaging rather than helping?
2: Yes, ma'am. That is a perfect question. Miss Lynn, you're on to something. So, yes, um, let's go to an example. Recently, I was working with someone and she had the diagnosis of fibroids. Um, really, really painful periods, heavy bleeding, anemic. And so, you know, she had did a little researching on Dr. Google and Pinterest and Instagram, and she kind of put these things together. And so what would happen is she was doing three or four things. And then everyone, you know, when there's a period issue, somehow Instagram has trained us to think that dim is the answer. DIM is a supplement that can be very helpful in helping you to eliminate dirty estrogen to help your body process estrogen, but it's not for everyone because there's different estrogen pathways, but the teeny bopper on Instagram that just danced around for 30 seconds and told you to buy this supplement. She didn't tell you all that. So that's where people get a little bit, you know, misconstrued to those misconceptions. So she had been taking DIM for years and when she would up the dose, it would work. So she started on one pill, then she started on two a day. Well, by the time she got to me, she was sometimes taking eight to 10 dem a day. Now, Mm -hmm. depending on the dosage at that point, just real talk, that's like, maybe seven or eight bottles of one supplement in a month at, you know, that's a lot of supplements. And Mm. the fact that you have to keep increasing, 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 there's nothing wrong with super dosing when you're working with a practitioner for a short period of time. But if you're on a supplement for more than 60 days or 90 days, especially in this situation, three years, and you now are taking like 10 times what's suggested on the bottle, this is when you need to really talk to someone and see what's going on. We did some testing and lo and behold, The DIM is an amazing supplement, amazing nutraceutical, but her testing revealed that's not the pathway that she needed to be supporting. So we're talking about three years of spending, I don't know, maybe $200 a month on a supplement Right, So just simple math, 200 times 12, 2400 times three, that's a lot of money to not be getting any results, right? Not to mention what it did on the back end, because then she started thinking, well, holistic doesn't work. Natural doesn't work. Maybe I should go back on the birth control. We did the testing. We got everything situated within 60 days. That heavy, heavy period, that murder scene period, I called it, went from 10 days to seven days, seven days down to four. Now we're at four days. The size of her fibroids have decreased. She has more energy, her libido's back and everything is great. So that's what I said. When you do some of those basics, but you feel like you're always troubleshooting. And if you're always just throwing another supplement at a symptom or a pill for every ill. That's when you need to get a fresh set of eyes on your situation.
1: I'm so glad you said that because I've been, you know, an advocate for my own health is, is not to necessarily just jump into supplements. Although I'm very much, you know, on that holistic trail and want natural this, that, and the other in terms of everything and anything. Um, I realize that sometimes, you know, something might not be actually the right thing for me.
2: Absolutely. You have to find what works for you. We also have to remember that everyone is individualized, right? So maybe, you know, I'll just throw some out generic, you know, we're all like, we're eating clean, we're eating healthy. For me personally, carrots don't work for my body. Doesn't mean that they're a bad food. I eat organic ones. They go in whole, they come out whole. My body just doesn't break them down. I did some additional functional testing and it was like, yeah, carrots don't work for you, which I'd already kind of known. But when you talk to other people, they're like, well, it's full of beta carotene and vitamin A. There's something wrong with you if you don't do carrots. And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with me and I'm not broken. They just don't work for my body. And I'm okay with that. I accept that. I'm not going to beat myself up about it. I don't feel bad about it. I just know. I have to get my vitamins and nutrients from another plant source. It's really that simple. So I think we get caught in this whole, I have to eat clean. I have to eat a salad. I mean, as we go into the new year, everyone's going to go back to the whole chicken breast and broccoli and salads. And, you know, you'll maybe stick with it for a month or two, gain it, you know, lose a couple pounds, gain them all back. You know, you'll do the yo-yo until you realize that you have to find what works for you. And when you're healing your body naturally and balancing your hormones, it's very, very individualized. There are going to be things like balancing your blood sugar. That's going to be helpful for every single one of us. However, balancing blood sugar for Lynn, Dr. Johnson, and everyone else could look totally different. So you have to figure out what that looks like for you. Some of my patients, some of the clients I work with, They can bring in a bunch of sugar, a bunch of fruit, organic fruit in the morning, and they feel amazing. Makes them feel like a million dollars. Others, maybe they're managing PCOS. They've got some other things going on with underlying conditions and all of that organic fruit in the morning spikes their blood sugar and puts them in a sugar coma. And then they have brain fog and they're bloated and they feel miserable. Doesn't mean that fruit is bad doesn't mean that we have to demonize carbs. It's just, you have to find what works for you. And for that individual, that's still in with PCOS bringing in that fruit is okay, but we also got to bring in some protein and some healthy fats, just small little tweaks that will make such a huge difference.
1: Do you think, um, or do you think it's dependent on the person again, and then, and the individual that, um, you know, in terms of what, when you should have your heaviest meal you know uh, a lot of people say you know have your biggest heaviest meal for breakfast and your lightest meal for dinner in the evening i mean do is there any truth in that being a good idea or does it again depend who you are
2: I would say it's definitely individualized. I would have that larger meal for breakfast or lunch. Now it depends if your workload doesn't allow for you to do that, or if that large meal and breakfast spikes your blood sugar and then makes you exhausted all day, then you have to really start looking at that. But I would definitely encourage those larger meals at the beginning of the day, depending on your blood sugar. And if you have a cortisol issue, because if that's the issue, you're going to need to bring in some of that protein and healthy fats before you go to bed. Because if your cortisol and your blood sugar starts getting a little too wonky, it'll wake you up in the middle of the night.
1: Excellent advice. Thank you so much. And for those members of the audience that are keen to connect with you, Dr. LJ, what would you advise as your best contact information?
2: Yeah. I would love to just have you guys come to my website. If you come to my website, ljspowerhouse.org, it will connect you to my Instagram, my Pinterest, my, um, you know, my website, you can book a free call with me to do a discovery call. Cause I'm sure some of you are listening and you're like, Ooh, I need to dig deeper. I love to be that health detective and help you dig deeper. It'll also link you to my podcast, which is the holistic endo expert podcast, where we talk everything, endometriosis, hormones, and holistic health.
1: Excellent. Love it. So, Dr. LJ, any final words about how to naturally balance your hormones
2: to leave the audience with? The main thing I would say is listen to your body. Don't be afraid to advocate for yourself and remember that you're worth it. Wow. <laughs>
1: That's brilliant. I love that because, you know, we want to empower women, don't we, to know that they are worth it and not to put themselves last.
2: Absolutely. We have to prioritize ourselves. You can't save yourself or you can't save others. If your own health is just not in a good place. Absolutely. Well, thank you so
1: much, Dr. LJ. Really fascinating conversation. Really enjoyed that and uh, learned some valuable information for myself going forward. So really thank you so much for that. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So it just leaves me to say that true love starts with opening our hearts. And until next time, goodbye for now.
0: Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.